Um, we had we lived on a cul-de-sac when I was younger, and I'd go outside after school and make sure my mom made sure I had my homework done. I'd just go take the football and just throw the football to myself and, and picturing that I'm playing in uh, Death Valley, like in, in Baton Rouge. I grew up an LSU fan. And, yeah. And um, I don't tell most people this is uh, first uh, people are gonna hear here first. I feel like I'm the creator of the playoff. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Hey Fightin' Podcast, the official podcast of LSU football. I'm Cody Warsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics, and I'm really excited about today's show, mostly because you don't have to hear me do the whole babbly part at the beginning, where you know I like talk about football and camp and all that stuff. Hopefully you, you do enjoy that part. Um, hopefully though, like me, you enjoy the part more where we actually hear from the players, because it's something I, I try to emphasize in this job, and I believe is, is really important in what I do, is that these guys have great stories to tell. And the guy that we have on today, LSU junior safety, Jacoby Stevens, not only has a great story to tell, but he's just a really smart, engaging guy, a guy that sat down with me for about 25, 30 minutes on a Tuesday of this week and talked about everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. We talked about the fact that he feels like he invented the college football playoff, uh, which you heard there at the beginning, and we'll go into detail on that uh, in a little bit here in the interview. We talked about cereal. We talked about John D. Rockefeller, who is one of his heroes. He uh, is uh, not John Rockefeller, Jacoby, uh, is a huge, uh, a huge football nerd. So he nerded out on football. Uh, he made an all LSU 11 offense of defensive players. Um, and while that is kind of you know a, a silly conversation and, and was more um, for fun, it will give you some insight into the way that Jacoby thinks about football because he's a really high IQ football player and a really high IQ individual who, uh, who by the way, is now first chair on uh, inside of the LSU Barbershop. And if you don't know what the LSU Barbershop is, uh, Brody Miller of The Athletic wrote a really good story on it. It's not an actual barbershop. It's just where... The LSU football players come together and chop it up in the training room, and uh, Jacoby's kind of the 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 heir apparent to the first chair there. Uh, first chair is kind of like the lead dog uh, in the barbershop. Jacoby is now the lead dog, taking over for very big shoes former LSU offensive lineman Garrett Brumfield, who could hold a conversation with a wall. Uh, Jacoby could probably also hold a conversation with the wall, but he is very very intelligent, very insightful. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's why. I'm limiting this part of the podcast to uh, to simply this introduction and the usual bit of housekeeping. If you haven't yet, please give a rating, give a review, subscribe, share with a friend, whatever. Um, if you've already done all that, you can like unsubscribe and resubscribe. Apparently, that helps. That seems kind of fishy and kind of shady and, and maybe poor metric keeping. And I don't know if it actually works, but that's like the rumor on, uh, in the podcast world. So uh, if you want to do that, do that. If not, just go ahead and listen to this interview because it's really good. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. I'll come back later. Uh, not later. I'll come back next week. Well, that, technically that is later. I was going to say later this week. I'm not going to come back later this week. It's Thursday. Uh, I'll come back next week uh, as LSU gets ready for the football season. It will be game week the next time you hear from me on Monday. The plan is to get uh, somebody on to uh, recap fall camp and maybe preview that game Monday as well. I also have a conversation with Justin Jefferson in the can that I hope to uh, to share with you as well, which was also a very good conversation. Another high IQ guy that uh, that knows a thing or two about football and LSU football. 
uh, if you know anything about the the history of the Jeffersons here at LSU. But uh, for now, we will uh, we will throw to this Jacoby Stevens interview. I hope you enjoy it. I had a lot of fun with it. Jacoby had a lot of fun with it. He is a, a fantastic football player, uh, a future defensive coordinator. If he wants to be a future head coach, if he wants to be maybe a future, I don't know, like president of the United States, if he wants to be. He's just a really uh, fun guy to sit down and talk with. Really enjoy the conversation. Hope you do as well. Here is Jacoby Stevens. All right, sitting here with junior safety Jacoby Stevens. Very excited about this conversation in part because uh, I got a little dirt on Jacoby. I did a little <laughs> research, a little more research. You know, part of the, the I don't want to say struggle, but since I've been doing these interviews, I never know who I'm going to talk to ahead of time. Like, it's very impromptu. Um, so I kind of have to have some general questions that I can go to. But I have some very specific ones for you today. <laughs> Because I did a little research, I knew knew this conversation was going to happen. So I'll get to those in a second. But first, I want to start with a very important topic. You showed up at, at fall camp this year, and uh, it, it made the rounds on social media with a box of cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> in your hands. So I want you to give me your top five cereals, right. and, and I, th- I think I know what number one is, but I'll, I'll let you answer the question. All right. Um, at one, I say cinnamon toast crunch, uh, cocoa pebbles, fruity pebbles, cocoa puffs. Um, Fruit Loops. Okay, you like the, so you like to mix the fruit and the chocolate there. Yeah. Reese's Puffs anywhere in that mix? I can't eat Reese's Puffs. That's that's uh, not my forte, man. That's I think that's I think that's my number one. Um, so we'll have to agree to disagree there. Okay, now I'm gonna completely change topics on you from cereal. Um, I hear you're a John Rockefeller fan. Oh, love John Rockefeller. Tell, tell me about your John. I, I was told it was a John Rockefeller obsession. So I want to know what you know about John Rockefeller. <laughs> Why you're obsessed with the him. people that's close to me know that I have a, a weird obsession with John Rockefeller. Um, this I read the books that he's uh, written and just kind of look at different business deals and the people that he um, was affiliated with. And I just kind of, I guess you can say we are kind of keep up with his family and what his family is doing with yeah. his money and all that. But uh, he's just a, a guy that um, my mom introduced me to when I was younger, just to I guess uh, teach me about money and how to uh, make money, yeah. and invest and save. And I just got hooked on him, and after that, I just was wanted to learn about his life, um, the reasons why he did different things, and um, how he was raised, and how he became basically one of the most successful businessmen, uh, men a man ever known. He, yeah, he's probably the richest person who ever lived. If you look at his money um, compared to like I modern say times, maybe. He's worth three hundred billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. If you, inflation yeah, and all that. Yep, yeah, uh, which would make him like I think three times richer than Jeff Bezos, or four mm-hmm. times richer than Jeff Bezos. What are the qualities that you admire in a guy like that? Well, the thing is, um, I, I don't think a lot of people know about Rockefeller is how much he gave back. He he um, he uh, played a really a big pivotal part in uh, the American education. Mm-hmm. He gave back to churches. Uh, um, in all of, in all of his books, he always talks about giving back, and that he and he always talks about giving and setting the next generation up, um, and preparing them for the future. Um, and this that just speaks volumes to his, his character. Uh, it speaks volumes about a leader. Uh, he always talks about how, uh, what he wants. He knows what he wants, and um, he's not going to be satisfied until he gets it. Uh, for me, that's just being persistent and being very. Um, He's being a perfectionist, and I feel like when you look at most um, successful businessmen, they're perfectionists, but they're also compassionate 
and uh, have a heart. All right, we're going to get back to the perfectionism too because I want to talk to you about that. Um, but but talking about Rockefeller, it's funny because I just finished reading a book about Alexander Hamilton, and the guy that wrote that book actually wrote a big biography on Rockefeller. Okay. And so I started listening to him last night, and I like what you touched on there. Um, he called him – everyone knows him as kind of this, this – ruthless businessman yeah. but you talked about the compassionate side he called him the most ferocious of robber barons but also <laughs> the most far-sighted of philanthropists which mm-hmm. i thought was a really good description your mom you tell me your mom kind of introduced you to mm-hmm. rockefeller um tell me about your parents and and your mom and obviously um a lot of guys that we talk to are are just so focused on football they don't really go beyond mm-hmm. football i think you're a guy that that does go beyond football it's part of why your first chair on the barbershop which we may <laughs> talk about in a little bit here but yeah. just tell me about your parents and kind of how you've developed this this uh, approach to the world this worldview well just for i just want to say for young kids i would be lying to you if i didn't if i uh, would say that i wasn't one of those guys was just i was just football 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 and just wanted to play football but for me where I took the next step was when I listened to my mom and dad, because especially my dad, he was very adamant about telling me, hey, it's more than just football. My mom was in that as well. Even my little sister said, Jacoby, it's more than just football. Uh, you, ha- you have a, a platform where you can reach different, uh, different people and certain people and use that platform. And um, you, have a, uh, you have an opportunity just to do different things that can touch lives. And um, just looking at different examples, like I said, you have you have John Rockefeller, you have J.J. Uh, Watt, you have you just have different guys that give back. You have Tyron Matthew who started uh, recently a, a scholarship fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have different guys that you know just touch people's lives, and sometimes you touch people's lives and you don't even know it. But that's just that's just that's the true blessing in uh, being in a, a certain platform like this. All right, we'll get to football stuff here in a second because I know I know people want to hear about that as well, <laughs> and, and and I know you love talking about football. I love football. Um, but I, I mentioned the barbershop deal. There, there was a story in The Athletic recently about the barbershop, and for those who haven't read that story or don't know, the barbershop is essentially – the training room kind of <laughs> where y'all chop it up with Jack Marucci and the mm-hmm. trainers and where some of the players kind of start debating theories <laughs> and it kind of the conversation does broaden out mm-hmm. beyond football. First of all, congratulations on being first chair, Thank which you. basically means you're the king of, oh, the, of, of the room, right? Definitely. I, uh, I think I took place of a uh, bruiser. Yeah, big shoes to fill. Uh, big shoes to fill. Uh, we just had a conversation just a while ago about uh, um, a certain scenario. I, I don't think um, this scenario should be talked about on, <laughs> on uh here but um we'll talk about it when we stop <laughs> yeah but uh it, it was interesting um being in this being a part of the barbershop is uh it's very cool man it's just this great minds on the team just talking and just having a good time i, I mean i kind of wish we kind of made it more official maybe like uh, have food with it and just kind of chill yeah. but um uh i just love just being around guys and talking about different things what they have on their mind different uh perspectives on things and all that stuff and um it's pretty cool, you know, having Jack Marucci. He, he stories for days. Oh man, I mean that guy. Just sitting next to him, maybe for five minutes, your IQ level just goes up because this, this everything Jack Marucci does. He's just a really, really big thinker. And um, uh, me and Mama Shelley we always say when Jack puts his hand on something, it just turns to gold. Yeah. Uh, it, and that's I've never seen that. I mean, this is what he did with this uh, football ops with for the sure. locker room. Um, he played a very big part in that, and you just see how that came out. Yeah, we're going to have to get Jack on the show because uh, a couple months, probably a few weeks ago, we were doing a story on football ops, and I went over to interview Jack. And I, you know, I knew Jack through work loosely, but I never really sat down with him. And I walked in, and 
Uh, it was in the old training room, and he's in the middle of going through this eye tracking technology mm-hmm. with the receivers, which I'm going to write about at some point. I, I think I've, I keep teasing it on this show, um, <laughs> but you know, I ended up talking to him for like an hour and a half about everything. I mean, he can just he can go on for days and oh, days. Yeah. So uh, it's it's kind of the perfect guy to be uh, in charge of the barbershop over there. Oh yeah. Um, all right, we'll talk football now. Um, I want to start first with you, and then we'll kind of zoom out and, and talk the team as well. Okay. But I've read this in a story before, and this was part of the, the research too, that, that you're you're a football junkie. And I remember mm-hmm. last year in the spring when you came and talked to some of the reporters, I was sitting there, I was like, this guy's, this guy's a defensive coordinator in the making. <laughs> like, he's going to be a defensive coordinator one day. And I read and heard that you like to draw up plays. Maybe mm-hmm. when you were little, you drew up plays. Tell me yeah, about just kind of your obsession with football at a young age. Man, um, for me, football was just like a, a getaway. Um, I, I, I really can't explain it. I... Um, it wasn't like I just it was just on TV and I just fell in love with it. I it just it just it's happened, man. Um all of a sudden I just had this obsession with football. Uh I would I had this um green if at first it was like a, a ledger uh <laughs> for um, you know, just taking down, you know, your money, ins and outs and um and I I just start drawing play, like this simple offers of plays and then I get to like the half of it. And I just write big defense on one big page and then start drawing up zones and blitzes. And I'm in, like, middle school uh, doing this, and uh, my mom is looking at me just kind of like uh, – I, I don't know if she has any pictures, but she just still has that ledger to yeah. this day. And um, it, it was pretty, it's pretty cool to uh, go back and, uh, and look at that. And I remember sometimes um, I'm going outside just throwing the football to myself. Um, we had we lived on a quarter sack when I was younger, and, and I'd go outside after school and make sure my mom made sure I had my homework done. I'd just go take the football and just throw the football to myself and, and picturing that I'm playing in uh, Death Valley, like in, in Baton Rouge. I grew up an LSU fan. And, yeah. And um, I don't tell most people this is uh, first, uh, people are going to hear here first. I feel like I'm, you know, the creator of the playoff. Oh, okay, let's all right. Let's let's dive in there. Let's sink in there. So uh, that's a bold claim so, now. Because if if um, I don't know if I have the papers still, but when I when I was going outside and playing, I draw a big old bracket just like March Madness. Okay, from March Madness, a big old bracket of of all the college teams on this side and another college team on the other side of the bracket. Okay, it wasn't four teams. It was it was it was a long. Okay, so you had a big playoff. Yeah, I had a big playoff. <laughs> but hey, the thought was there. Yeah, and I'm in uh, like middle school elementary school with this um playoff idea but hey people take other people can take credit for it i like that so we got the uh not only is he lsu junior safety jacoby stevens he's also inventor of the college football playoff (laughs) um you're a perfectionist right we talked about that a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. tell me about perfectionism the the pros of it and the cons of it because Mm -hmm. i kind of consider myself in a similar mold especially as an athlete Mm -hmm. i was as an athlete uh very much a perfectionist which helps you because mm-hmm. it keeps you in the gym longer for me or for you mm-hmm. in the in the in the weight room or wherever on the football field a little bit longer. But it can also be a hindrance because right. speaking from personal experience, I would get in my head. Right. Uh, I would let that perfectionism motivate me, but also hold me back because I'd be afraid of failure or hate right. failure uh, and, and think too much. Yeah, was that was that the same experience yeah, for you? Uh, the, my experience, of, uh, I guess, uh, a quote unquote being a perfectionist is that I want to be right in everything. I want to know what I'm doing. I want to know what my man, to, the man, uh, uh, my teammate to the right is doing. I want to know what the other team is doing. And um, I just pride myself on knowing and mentally beating uh, someone else. Um, like you say, in a weight room, I, uh, I want my technique to be perfect. Me and my weight coach, Vic, we go back, on, we go back and forth on technique, on how to lift. Um, I lift, uh, I also go work out 
at uh, Limitless uh, Cryo in, um, in Covington with Kenny Reeves. Mm-hmm. And we just work on different things with like my running form and all that. So I, I don't want to, at the end of the day, I don't want to have any weaknesses. And uh, right for that's just the positives. And the negative side of being a perfectionist is that, like you said, it makes, it makes you question yourself and in turn it makes you slow down. And that was one of the biggest things Coach Randa told me when I got here. He said, hey, Jacoby, you're thinking too much. Yeah. And he just wants me to dissect the play pre-snap and then go. And mm-hmm. I think uh, now this fall, I think I'm perfecting that where pre-snap, I know what the offense is doing and I'm getting my key reads. And when it's post-snap, when my keys basically tell me that I'm right, I can just react. And um, and now with the help of Coach Bush and uh, Coach Randa, because Coach Randa is definitely a perfectionist himself. Yeah, um, I'm starting to get out of that mode of getting in my own head, second guessing myself because I I have a big fear of being wrong. Um, so now that I'm out of that, I'm playing a whole lot faster. I want to get back to some of that, especially how it kind of affected you early in your career mm-hmm. as you're moving around positions and stuff. But something you, you talked about earlier. You grew up an LSU fan. Mm-hmm. You you're, uh, technically went to high school in, in Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. Tennessee, but you kind of consider yourself a Louisiana. And tell me about oh. your Louisiana ties. Oh, definitely. Um, my whole family is from Louisiana. Um, we moved to Tennessee because my dad uh, got a job in Tennessee okay. with his brother, uh, working uh, uh, having a freight line, and um, but my whole my whole family like. Like my dad's side of the family, everybody's from Crowley, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and my mom's side of the family is from Bogalusa, Louisiana. Okay. So um, when we moved back to Louisiana for my, for college, it was nothing new. It was home. Um, over the summers, I would stay down here uh, with my grandparents. Every Christmas, every Thanksgiving break, we would come down to Louisiana because this is where family is. So now, um, just being down here, like I said, it's just being around more family. I, I like I said, I feel more comfortable down here with family yeah. the comfort of family being down here is just amazing and um like i said i always grew up an lsu fan I, it, it feels right being here you you were a big chad jones guy right oh, uh, what, what chad, are your first memories of lsu my, my first my first memories of lsu were um i can't remember it was the game i can remember the jerseys it was pat pete and chad jones they had the uh, like the gold they're like really gold helmet and the all-white jersey okay and I for, I can't remember who so, they were. Somebody listening will remember, and off the top of my yeah, head, I, I can't remember. I can't either. remember who they were playing, and I just remember Chad Jones is laying somebody out. <laughs> he, well, like, he did that a lot. Yeah, he did this <laughs> up, but I, I I can't think I can't think of the team they were was it, playing. Was it Arkansas? It was definitely Arkansas. Arkansas no nine. Yeah, definitely Arkansas. I remember, and um, after that, I started looking up YouTube videos yeah. of like how aggressive and nasty that defense was. And then when Tyron and Lamine Barrow and all those guys got here in 2011. There's the hit right there. Exactly. I got it on my phone. People listening can't see that, and but the, I'm showing them the hit and right the, now. And the funny part about that is is me and my mom were going back and forth um, about that game, who's going to win. She And she didn't want LSU to win, but just to mess with me, she said, oh, no, Arkansas is going to come back and win. <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling you. So I ended up winning like 50 cents from her. Put 50, <laughs> cent, put 50 cents on the game. But um, <laughs> that, that that's when I, I just fell in love with LSU, man. Yeah. And, um, just looking at the highlights of their defense, uh, like I said, the 2011 defense. I, I still talk to the, about this 2011 defense to this day because this defense reminds me of that. Uh, I talked to uh, Coach Burrow. He's on the uh, staff now. I talked to him about how the mindset was for mm-hmm. that uh, 11 defense because those guys were really mean, tough, and nasty, and they just went. 
and um, that that's what made me fell in love with LSU. Just the passion. And you, you were a big Mike the Tiger guy, huh? When you were little, big Mike, Mike the Tiger was the best recruiter, <laughs> the best recruiter I ever had at LSU, man. <laughs> and he didn't say not a word to me. He just walked. <laughs> Yeah, he, <laughs> he just walked around. He he doesn't say much. Uh, uh-uh. He 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 leads by example. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's let's kind of dive into your career here. Mm-hmm. Um, first, how different are you today than the Jacoby Stevens who showed up on campus? What three years ago now? Two three, years ago? Three years ago? Three years ago now? Um, how much I'm, have you changed? I'm uh, very much more mature than I was um, uh, three years ago. Uh, just coming in, man. Just the the different mindset that I have now. Um, using the resources around me, uh, being able to just see the good in just everybody and everything, man, yeah. um, and just open it up. Uh, when I first got here, I was a very closed-off person, wanted wanted to keep to myself, being a reclusive. And now, today, every time I walk through the hallway, I'm saying hey or what's up to every, any, any and everybody. Um, Calling Mickey, tell you to bring you some more Oreos. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was I eating face, lunch with her yesterday. Yeah, I, yeah, I Facetime uh, Mickey to uh, bring me some Oreos. I have an Oreo obsession too, <laughs> and it's just cool, man. Just going, just going through um, football ops, just talking to everybody, um, just from the trainers to equipment staff, uh, weight weight coaches, the coaches. I mean, um, everybody in here is a big family, and uh, yeah. and uh, now that I realize that, like I said, I go through here. Every every time I see somebody, it's hey Jacoby, and it's what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah. And and it's just and it's just you just feel the love in here, man. And it's that's a big deal to me. Uh, didn't you say the other day that John Battle kind of took you under his wing once once mm-hmm. you got here? How, how was that relationship? Uh, me, uh, John Battle's like a big brother to me, man. Uh, when I was struggling and uh, my sophomore year, wanting to get on the field and all that, uh, he just took me on my wing, under his wing, and um, told me to just to be be patient, and my time is gonna come. And uh, he. Like I said, it it is almost kind of freaky because I was under him so long and just paid attention to him so much. People will will started calling me like his little brother because we start laughing at the same things, mm-hmm. telling the same jokes, sounding the same. And uh, if anybody that you you would want to bring under uh, that person's wing would be John Battle. I mean, everybody speaks uh, highly of John Battle. Uh, 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 Maru- uh, Jack Marucci loves John Battle, yeah, and that just speaks to his character there. And um, he's just a high character guy, and, and the fact that he brought me under his wing and um, took the time to help me uh, find myself on LSU's campus just um, it's you know it's a it's it's a great deal to me. Anybody call y'all Batman and Robin? <laughs> I, I, you're the first one to call me uh, Batman and Robin, but uh, I know he went by Batman. Yeah, he, went, he, he did. Like, he, he did. He, he, yeah, he, he did like he did like Batman. He he loves Batman, but um, if I say I'm a if I my my favorite superhero, probably not Robin. There is definitely <laughs> not Robin, but uh, I, I'll I'll go with uh, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. I like okay. Green Lantern. I like that. Uh, I could probably dive deeper there, but uh, I w- actually, I think people do want us to talk a little football here. Mm. Um, one of the stories with your career is that you changed positions so much. You mm. came in, you played offense, you played defense, you kind of moved back and forth. Mm. Um, what was, again, kind of like we talked about earlier with the positives and the negatives of being a perfectionist, what are the pros and cons of that? Because obviously mm. you want to play one position, you want to right. thrive in that position, and you saw yourself as a safety coming in and, mm. and, and doing what you're doing now, but there's probably right. something you can learn from it too. Right, right. doing all the moving around, man, um, like I say, I would li- I would be lying to you guys if I didn't get frustrated, if I didn't think about transferring. Cause, I mean, who wouldn't? You yeah. Know, you, like you said, I come in as a say a highly touted re- safety, uh, and a recruit, and 
after spring ball, they're telling me that I'm moving to the offensive side of the ball, and then I get moved to another position on the offensive side of the ball. You play like receiver, H receiver, back. H back, running back, all that type of different stuff, yeah. and and I'm just getting frustrated because, like you said, I want to just get a position and this you know thrive and play at that position um so i kind of got down on myself but i like i said i had john battle at the time i had austin thomas and even coach o coach o came and talked to me and it's basically told me how much he cares for me and if he didn't think i could do it he wouldn't put me in that position yeah and um and i eventually moved back to defense because of uh injury purposes this people was getting hurt and all that and then um, they moved me against outside linebacker, and then they moved me back to safety. And honestly, now looking at it now, all that paid off. Yeah, I mean, just the different positions that I'm playing now, um, playing down, playing nickel, playing uh, free, playing F outside linebacker. I'm basically doing everything that you know they yeah. prepare. It's, it's almost like it's funny. It's almost like they prepared me for that my freshman and sophomore year, and the whole time they seen the bigger picture. I'm just fighting, fighting, fighting. Yeah. And now it's like, hey, this is what we trained you for. So you you, you know, never know. That's how I probably would probably went. They already probably already had like that those big plans for me, and I just didn't see it. But um, uh, like I said, I speak I speak highly of this coaching staff, man. They know what they're doing. Uh, like I said, you have you just have these different renovations uh, to um, help us uh, play at our peak performance. So since you played some offense, we're gonna go back to kind of the the goofy part of the conversation. I need <laughs> you to do this for me since you're a football guy. Okay. I want you to take defensive players and make an offense out of them for, from LSU. Okay, from LSU. Okay, so you got to give me the quarterback. You got to give me the line. You got to give me the running backs. <laughs> um. If I had to pick a quarterback, for quarterback, I, I'd definitely pick myself. Okay. Um, are you a, a dual threat guy? Or are you more of a running quarterback? I think I'm a more of a uh, more of a dual threat guy. Okay. Uh, run if I when I have to, but I, 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 like I said, I want to take pride in dissecting <laughs> the defense and the coverage. All that practice um, throwing the ball to yourself in the yard pit. Definitely, off. definitely. Um, at receiver, I definitely put Grant Delpit at receiver. Okay. Just does he have the hands for it? I mean, he had five interceptions last year. <laughs> he, he did. Got, he has true. to have the hands. Um, for my um, for my uh, other receiver, hmm, who I put my other receiver? I put uh, right now. He uh, he's going to make a big name for himself. Keenan Jones. Okay. Yeah. Because he, he played. He played receiver. receiver. I put Keenan Jones at receiver, and uh, for my slot guy, I put Derek Stingley. Yeah, Stingley. I put for my slot guy. I'm definitely <laughs> putting Derek Stingley, and then um, for my um, scat back, I probably put Kerry Vincent. Get a little speed back there. Get a little speed back there. And um, my uh, change of down back, I'll put um, Christian Fulton. And my power back. Okay. My power back, I'm Patrick Queen. Definitely Patrick yeah, Queen. Yeah, yeah, high school, high school running back. All right, give me the line. Give me the uh, the big boys in the trenches. Um, I'll say it's athletic enough to play tackle. Tackle, tackle. Uh, gosh. I'm trying to think of uh, Glenn Logan. Glenn Logan. Glenn yeah, Logan. I'll put him. I'll put him. I definitely put him at tackle. Uh, Braden Fahoko. Okay, where's he at guard? I put him at guard, and I put um and Rashard Lawrence. That's your I'll two put, guards. That's my two guards. Okay. Rashard Lawrence. I'm out. I put my. I want a big bruiser on my right tackle, so I put a. I put Ica. Oh. I want. Yeah, I want. I want somebody. I want. I want to get. I want to get pink. Your your right tackle is usually your power tackle. Yeah. So okay. And uh, my center. Um. I need somebody that can move and, and pull and trap. Uh, 
trying to think of who you got left on the defensive line. Uh, oh. Used Braden Richard. Used Apu. Need somebody with some feet. Maybe a Justin Thomas. Is he Ju- Justin Thomas yeah. and um, I, I right now I can't think of uh, Joe. I like what I Joe Evans. Joe Evans. Yeah, we've heard we've heard good things about him. He's mm-hmm. done. I I definitely use him. At, definitely use him as center. Okay, I like that. Um, all right, back to the football stuff. <laughs> I, I just kind of keep going back and forth and serious <laughs> joke around. What, what was the turning point for you in your career here? When when did when did it kind of go from I'm frustrated to all of a sudden kind of like you were at the end of last year? I'm one of the best players on this defense. Mm-hmm. When when did that trust? There's trust. There's trusting the coaching staff, trusting the support staff. There's trusting everybody. And believing that they um, that they have my best interest in heart. Was there a specific game that you can think of? Because late in the season last year, I think that maybe the A and M game was the first game that you really put up huge numbers. Mm-hmm. But you had kind of slowly from the beginning of the season toward the end started transitioning mm-hmm. into that role. Uh, for me, it was it was the A and M game yeah. actually. That beginning the beginning of the game. Did you have like four tackles for loss in that game or something? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah four tackles. I mean, you were all over the field. Oh uh, yes, sir. And and the thing is, what was what started that was me missing a tackle, um, and then coming up the sideline, Coach Bush talking to me, and after that, me and Coach Bush's relationship just went out the roof. Yeah. Um, just talk and basically just calm me down, like, hey, just because he kn- he knew you're not gonna you're not gonna play a perfect game. Nobody, no one ever grades out of one hundred percent. It's impossible. So just go play fast, and if you mess up, just mess up fast, and give and show and give a lot of effort. And like I said, after that, it was just it was just over with. With that, I mean, I just played fast and just just reacted. And then, and after that, like I said, uh, just trusting Coach Bush and Coach Aranda, it just um, it, it it helped me take my game to different. Uh, different levels. How different is your role in this defense? I know you've been working at some free mm-hmm. last year. You kind of played in that quarter role mm-hmm. um, that Dave Rand likes to talk about. That's that big nickel or that big dime guy. Mm-hmm. How has your your role changed? How is it similar? Um, is my if I say anything, my role has grown a lot from last year. I mean, really and truly, you didn't. I, I was just a, rota- a, a rotation guy. Mm-hmm. Cause, I mean, you have guys like Devin White that's going to give you 100 tackles a season. Yep. Um, you got a guy like Michael Divinity that's going to get you at least four or five pressures a game. Yep. Um, so now that you move Mike into inside linebacker, um, you have you put more cover guys in, um, as such as Kerry Vincent and more rangy guys uh, like Grant Delpit. My uh, – my versatility is being used more in this defense because I can uh, rush a passion and do different things that Coach Aranda needs me to do. Uh, but like I said last year, I mean, you, you had a guy, uh, a top five pick that can do that. You yeah. had a, you had a, um, a second rounder in Greedy Williams that can shut down your best receiver. You, you had a, you had so many pieces uh, to the puzzles last year that um, that I mean that uh, that left or that's playing new roles but just because they they can do even more. So now, like I said, I, I pride myself on being able to do everything. Uh, now um, Coach Rand is, I guess, putting it to the test. You, you mentioned, and we'll, and we'll wrap up here, uh, you mentioned that you think this defense has some of the same characteristics as that mm. 2011 defense. What do you think are some of the defining characteristics of this defense that you've seen so far? Obviously not having played a game yet, but mm. just what you've seen out there in, in scrimmages and in practice. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to start with just the body makeup uh, first, just how long we are, how big we are, um, just and how fast uh, and quick twitch 
almost every just about everybody on the defense is. Yeah. Um, both of our inside linebackers weigh at least two thirty five apiece. Um, our our uh, defense our defensive front like our interior D linemen are are huge themselves, and uh, just the safety. This is the secondary. I mean, you look at uh, Christian Fulton's arms. They're long. Yeah. Derek Stingley's arms are long. Grant Delpit is just a long individual. Yep. Um, Todd Harris, I mean, he may be the shortest person, but he's very long. And uh just and and, and on the mental side of it, just everybody's smart. Mm-hmm. Everybody's want, wanting to learn and wanting to be in the right places, wanting to wanting to uh contribute to this defense. I mean, you just have a lot of guys that can do a lot of things. And for that and for Coach Arana to allow us to do, do those things, we have to have some type of intelligence. And for and Aranda trusts us with that. And uh, that just speaks volumes of this team. And that's all you saw in 2011. Um, you have Barkevious Mingo and Sam Montgomery and LeVar Edwards that are like, were super athletic that get to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, God, the defense was you, good. You, I mean, you just had, a, just had I mean, it, it just, the names just go on. You, I, I want to say Thurl Simon was on that team. Yeah, Thurl was Mo, on one side. Mo Claiborne, Tyron. Yep. Eric Reed, uh, Craig Lawson, Brandon uh, Taylor. Brandon Taylor. You just had a whole bunch of guys on that team that were smart individuals, want want to win, want to compete, and had the body makeup had the body makeup to be a, a very dominant defense. Well, hopefully, uh, in ten years from now, people are talking about this defense the right. same way that we're talking about that defense. So, mm-hmm. Jacoby is awesome talking to you, man. This right, was thanks. definitely the most wide-ranging <laughs> conversation we've had so far. I see why your first chair. In, uh, <laughs> In the barber shop, you've you've earned that right. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a challenge to who who, who you thinking for a second chair. I mean, you mentioned Kayla Vaughn. Who else? Is I think Kayla Vaughn. Um, somebody that's surprising me right now is uh, Austin Douglas and Patrick Queen. Okay, what, com- what do they bring to the table? Austin brings a more goofy, but yet intelligent role to it. But uh, Patrick Queen is uh, surprising a lot of people, man. Okay. Uh, I think Patrick Patrick Queen is starting to open up. Patrick's always been intelligent, but I think he's actually starting to speak on certain topics now okay good well i'll have to look into both of those guys maybe they can come on here and uh, we can give them a little test run see how they handle the podcast <laughs> you, you got well. you can got you guys can uh tell us if they deserve to have a chair in the yeah, barbershop yeah I'll, I'll give you some input jacoby it was awesome talking man thank you Victory.